when you sacrifice yourself in the process of that, you truly can't show up for other people, right? And so what I see people pleasing is a symptom of not knowing how to love that big with intention. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 113 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, and I am really, really looking forward to today's conversation. Um, It's really not a conversation. It's more of me talking to all of you around this topic. However, so many of you requested this pre-holiday season. Um, and I have been ruminating on this topic a lot in my own life for, oh my God, at, at the very least three, four years with intention. Um, and it's come up a lot in my work the last six months um, inside of my group coaching containers, inside of my one-on-one and with all of you, um, part of the Live Your Focus Life community. So and that is people pleasing. Um, so raise your hand if you identify as a people pleaser or um, a recovering people pleaser. That's what I call myself. Um, and I, I, I say that I'm a recovering people pleaser because I am actively working on uh, what that identity and that way of operating has done for my life, for myself and within my relationships. And, um, because I was operating from that place with so little intention for so long, I really wanted to step away from it and, um, find not just, not just ways of stepping away from it, but find, truly, uh, tangible tools and, um, ways of being that would allow me to not constantly feel so exhausted and overrun and just like, what the fuck is going on, um, in my relationships and in, in the way that I treated myself in relation to others and to, you know, frankly, the world at large. Um, so we're going to be deep diving into that today. Um, a couple of things to share before we officially get into this episode. One, you might have noticed um, a couple of things this week. Number one, um, my Instagram account, Amanda Catherine Loy, where I normally hang out and see all of you beautiful souls, um, between that and the Patreon page, um, those are really the places I normally hang out. Um, inside of our communities. And, uh, my Instagram account got wrongfully disabled. Um, if I'm recording this on Monday, so I'm really hoping that by the time this episode comes back that we've corrected it. So many of you have been reaching out to the help center and flagging, um, it wrongfully, uh, the reason that I was given 48 hours into the flag and it being gone was that I was quote, uh, impersonating somebody else, um, which clearly is not true. (laughs) So, um, 
while uh, this has been a wild a wild ride, and um, thank you to those of you who have joined the Patreon page um, and supported that way and popped into the community. Again, that's where I'm going to be spending more of my time moving forward anyways. And frankly, this whole uh, movement towards censorship on Instagram that is impacting so many of my friends who are sex workers and um, sex educators and frankly, just a lot of people who are also sharing advocacy around BRCA and breast cancer awareness, um, anything that might be considered uh, nudity, even in the form of education um, or talking about sex is being censored. And while I am not a sex educator and that is not something that I um, actively teach on, I do teach around the body and body confidence and sex is a part of that experience for most human beings, certainly for myself, um, and getting in touch with ourselves. And I frankly don't believe in censoring our, our bodies. I've never have. Um, and I certainly don't believe in censorship in, in the name of education, um, censorship done in a tasteful and thoughtful way. Um, and, uh, I have so many thoughts around what is moving and how that's moving. And, uh, it's making me want to spend less time on Instagram, frankly, and more time with all of you with intention. So I'm going to be sharing a lot more, um, and, and, and putting my, my energy into the Patreon Facebook community because there is no censorship there. Um, and everything in, in that space is completely controlled by me, um, with intention, which is why we are so socially justice focused, so focused on inclusion and all about sharing exactly where we're at with our feels and our fears. And of course, embodying our fuck yes self. So if you're not already in the community, you can go to patreon.com forward slash live your fuck yes life. The you in the fuck is present. Um, or you can just find it in the link in the show notes too. Um, and you know, it's pay what you can. So some people have, um, so generously, you know, donated $5 a month, or some people are doing more than that, whatever feels right for you. Um, I wanted to make this wildly accessible to you all. And, um, will be popping in and already have, um, for some, uh, you know, teachings and, and spot coachings and, uh, Q and A's, um, that don't necessarily, that are, that are not censored <laughs> that I can share. Um, because fuck the censorship. Um, it makes me so angry and especially the fact that I've been within community guidelines. So anyways, that has been you might be wondering where the heck I've been. That's where I've been. Um, still here, still alive. Just uh, Instagram decided to disable me for a bit. You also may have noticed um, while listening to this episode that the cover art finally changed the podcast. Um, I have been meaning to do this for a while and um, just felt really inspired to make that change. So um, 2021, we're heading into a new direction, <laughs> really same direction of the pod, still having con conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. Um, but we got some more fun, fun cover art. So, uh, love that so much. And for now, um, if you are listening to this and I don't have my account recovered, um, I do have an account that is separate to this, um, that I will be, um, incorporating and using more so in the future, or maybe it'll become my new account. So make sure you come follow me over at live your fuck yes life. Um, again, the you in that is totally present. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll hang out there. So, I think those are all the announcements. Um, also, hi, <laughs> how are you hanging in? Uh, especially for all of my um, American living humans, it has been a wild time. Um, and I just want you to know that I am in it with you and that your feelings are valid. And I was having a conversation with a couple of my 
um, really dear friends around just not being able to know how we're feeling on a day-to-day basis. And I, I was speaking specifically with one of my friends who, you know, I checked in on her just to see how she was doing. And, you know, she expressed um, that she's just feeling like she's in hibernation mode right now and had already been feeling that um, and was just feeling like I barely had any energy to really function. Um, but then this happened and it was like, I just can't even do the bare minimum right now. And I'm going to be okay with that. And, you know, she's in the self-development world like me. She's also a coach and has worked really hard to embody and own that piece of herself. And it just made me think about how beautiful it was, you know, that she was able to express to me, um, that that was going to have to be okay. Right. The bare minimum was going to have to be okay right now. And she was still, you know, showing up for me as a friend so beautifully, um, in that moment by, by expressing that. Right. And I remember reading these words via text and, and thinking to myself, I'm so grateful that I have the capacity to say these things now, that I know how to say these things because I was immediately brought back to my people-pleasing intense tendencies, which are still present, which is why I call myself a recovering people-pleaser. Um, and I asked you all to raise your hands earlier. Of course, you can't fucking see me unless you're maybe watching this on on YouTube. I'm starting to record these um, via video now and um and we'll be putting them up because why the fuck not? Um, so you can see my face if you prefer that. But um, I just, I really, really, really struggle with constantly feeling like, you know, even as an as somebody who is in recovery for the last five years from an eating disorder, multiple eating disorder cycles, you can check out my past episodes in this last season around that to, for more details if you've missed those. But um you know, I, I still say I'm in recovery, even though I haven't had a binge episode or um, stepped back into my orthorexia in, you know, a very long time. Um, I think that when you navigate something and when something has been uh, very deeply ingrained in your psyche or in your habits or your patterns, um, it's always going to be a part of you, right? For a long time, uh, when I started my my journey to uh, to myself, um, I called myself a recovering perfectionist because I really had intense perfectionist type A qualities. And while those are not really present anymore, they come out when I'm in my, um, when I'm in my shadow, when I'm in my darker spaces where I'm really exhausted and tired. And another thing that comes out for me and that has been present for a really long time is that I have deep, intense people-pleasing tendencies. And I know so many of you were like, I really want to hear more about this. I want to learn more about this. And this is me to a T. So, and that being said, I will say that I've taught a lot about this lately within and, and, and facilitated a lot of beautiful conversations and transformations with my clients around this lately. And what I've realized is that when we hear this phrase, people pleaser or people pleasing, I think we all have our own unique perceptions of what that phrase means. And it turns out they're very different. So I want you to think about for a second, when you hear that term people pleaser, what does that mean to you? Like what comes up for you when you hear that word? For me, I felt and feel that being a people pleaser is somebody who is constantly operating in a frame of mind for others instead of for themselves in any way. 
um, or at least in the majority of the way. And it can look very differently in different people. It's very nuanced. But what I've found is that there are so many different ways that people say this. Like I had a client tell me that she always just assumed and thought that, you know, being a people pleaser was just like somebody who doesn't have the ability to say no to somebody, right? It's that neighbor knocking on the next door on you, you know, from the next door coming over and being like, Hey, can I have a, a cup of sugar? And even though you don't, you only have maybe one cup left and you're in the middle of baking it, you physically can't say no to somebody. So you give away your cup of sugar, even though you were about to bake a cake, right? Like that was her perception of what it meant to be a people pleaser. And so she didn't self-identify as that, or even understand that as something that she could maybe, um, learn from, um, for herself because she has no problem saying no, that's never been something that she struggled with. But as we started talking about it and as we started unpacking some of her communication struggles within her relationship and some of her self-confidence stuff, we realized that a big root of what she was personally struggling with was that she had very strong people-pleasing tendencies. They just showed up differently than her perception had been. So I want you to really think about that for a second. And for I'm going to share again, always from my standpoint, what I have seen within myself primarily, and also within the work that I've done, because the, the work that I do is so rooted, yes, in body confidence, but at the end of the day, it's all about coming home to yourself, right? It's all about embodying your fuck yes self. And that as an individual looks so differently, but we have been so programmed by society to fit into these boxes, right? And um, whether that's within our relationships, within our self-identity, which within the way we look, um, all sorts of stuff. And, and I'm really grateful that as a, as a society, we are starting to move away from that mentality, but it is slow burning. And it is suffocating to be in these spaces because it's so pressure inducing, right? And being a people pleaser, I believe is, I, I believe that for me, at least it was a, such a contrib, such a contribution to the way that I showed up and my eating disorders in my cycle of, um, of constantly moving from one thing to the next and not feeling like I, you know, like I had to work all of these jobs because somebody told me that's what I had to do when I got out of school. Um, that were jobs I really, really hated. Um, it was moving in the directions that, um, you know, X, Y, or Z teacher told me I had to do, or this business coach told me I had to do, um, even though it didn't align with myself. Um, you know, it's, uh, showing up in the bedroom, um, in ways that weren't actually exciting to me or when I wasn't turned on because I quote, felt like I had to always be a sexual, like wildly sexual being who was always ready to get down. If I didn't, it meant that I was going to disappoint my partner or, um, or myself or that I wasn't quote sexy. You know, it was, um, working out two times a day for years because I, you know, had this community that I was a part of and it was this like workout centric community and it was rooted in Instagram. And I felt like I'd be letting these people down if I didn't quote post my status, all this stuff. Right. And, Again, like that I see as all of those things are rooted in people pleasing. And a lot of you might be like, okay, Amanda, how? So we're going to talk and break down how I see people pleasers um, and where it starts and where I think it shows up a lot. Okay. So I made some notes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read 
from them, um, or at least um, look at them. So if you're looking at me on on the webs, that's why um, I'm looking to the left. So, okay. So I think people pleasing at the root of it starts, it, it shows up in two spaces. Okay. So we see it within ourself, right? First and foremost, we see it in the way that we show up with ourself a lot of the time, right? So this can look like a lot of ways. I think at the foundation, people pleasing tendencies occur because we are low in our self-worth and, and low in our compassion to ourself. Um, you know, I, I remember a time in my life where I was at rock bottom in terms of my self-worth, right? I was in the throes of my eating disorder cycle. I was really, really unhappy. And my mental health was in a really rough spot. I was having panic attacks in my car almost every day, every other day. And on the outside, I looked really fine and happy. And I, you know, was married to the most amazing man, still true. Um, and I, you know, had, uh, I just moved into this, um, newer apartment, which was a big upgrade from where I'd been living before. Um, you know, I, uh, I had just gotten married and, you know, had this, this big, this celebration. I had had a really successful and exciting show that I had done. And it was my first like big, uh, leading role in, in the, you know, community. And it was just so exciting, all this amazing stuff. And yet externally, right. Too many. And yet on the inside, I was constantly, constantly feeling so awful. And what happened for me and how my people pleasing showed up in this space was that I constantly felt like I had to take on everything for everybody else. And there was little to no self-care going on. I would occasionally maybe um, go to like a yoga class, but even then it was coming from a place of, I need to lose weight or I need to look a certain way. Um, And so it was a constant go, 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 busy, 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 busy. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so exhausted, but I'm just going to keep pushing and hustle and grind. And I'm not going to take any space for myself because I have to show up for this person and I have to call this person and I have to text this person and I have to make sure that I, you know, do all this stuff. And I would go above and beyond for everybody else, for everything else. And, and for, for the things that, you know, were not actually for me, but when it came down to loving myself, when it came down to speaking to myself with kindness, when it came down to anything that involved compassion of self, it didn't exist. I could do it for everybody else, but I couldn't do it for me. And that cycle was perpetual for a really, really long time until, like I said, the panic attacks got worse. And I eventually had this major rock bottom and flipped my whole life around. And it's what led me to, um, you know, where I am now. And I'm really grateful for that moment. And yet I don't believe that anybody needs to hit a rock bottom like that, um, in order to, in order to, 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 survive and find this, find this other side, find this wholeness. Right. And I think to a certain extent, we all hit our unique rock bottoms, right? I think we're in a perpetual rock bottom right now when it comes to society. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, if we can hold ourselves through that process and 
genuinely ask like, what can I do for myself today? And how can I support myself in this process today? And is doing this actually going to like allow me to to show up with love and kindness? Or am I just doing it because I feel like I have to? Because at the end of the day, if we are pouring from an empty cup, there is nothing to give, right? And that's what's so beautiful about radical acts of self-care. And I don't mean, you know, a pedicure, uh, which now is happening at home, or, you know, a self-massage or or our typical, a bubble bath, right? Those are all, you know, beautiful in their own right. I mean, true radical acts of self-care where you can sit with yourself and love yourself, where you can take yourself or be led through embodiment practices, um, and I will talk about some more tools in, in relation to other people in a little bit. Um, but, but stuff that you can really, truly like say, you know what, like say no. And, and that is, I mean, part of it, part of people pleasing is that we say yes to too many things. Right. And that is how it can show up to many. And it's certainly how, it, how it showed up to, to me, but I think at the root of it, it's not choosing yourself over and over again in any way. And, um, when we don't, when we don't choose ourselves, we can't really choose others either or other, other things, because we're going to be showing up as half of ourselves or as a, as a exhausted, burnt out, uh, overworked and so wildly, wildly, wildly tired, um, version of ourselves that we don't even recognize. At least that's what it was for me. I also see people pleasing happening in uh, when it comes to perception work. So what I mean by that is, um, how so many people, um, operate because they want to be perceived a certain way, or maybe not perceived a certain way. Right. And so that is a people pleasing thing that has to do with self. And, um, and this can show up in a lot of ways when it, you know, I've seen it shown up with, with myself and also, um, with, so many clients around, well, I want to appear like the perfect wife or the perfect partner or, um, the perfect business owner, um, or the, you know, uh, confident, whatever. Right. So I'm, I'm going to pretend like I'm okay, even though I'm having a really bad day, um, and just push through, or I'm going to, uh, do all of these things that I feel like I quote should, right? It's again, all the shoulds are piling up on top of us that we in a lot of ways have placed on ourselves and granted the patriarchy and society, all those things, like they're also telling us that we need to do all these things, but it's these, it's these intense perceptions of what we need to do in order to be accepted, right? Because at the root of it, we just want to be accepted and loved, but we don't even know how to love ourselves. We're so focused on other, we're so, so focused on the external, and it, it shows up in these perceptions. I'm also seeing it show up in perception of like not doing things, right? Because you want to please other people. And this can look like a lot of different ways, but I'm what's coming to mind right now that I'm seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, in the last year is so many influencers and big names on Instagram. Um, I, I saw this really interesting post. I, if you all follow me on Instagram or normally follow me on Instagram, um, you know that I watched The Bachelor and that I have been a part of the franchise, you know, Bachelor Nation for a long time, um, like since it started. And it's something that I now watch with. I, I had a really amazing episode where we talked about um, 
the culture of reality TV with Taylor Nolan, who was um, on The Bachelor a while ago. I'll link that for you all in the show notes because it's a great episode and I highly recommend you listen to it if you haven't. Um, Even if you're not uh, a fan of The Bachelor, um, she's an incredible, incredible human. And we had a really, really beautiful conversation around all things um, reality TV and all of that stuff. I hope you can hear Toby barking in the background saying hello to everybody. Um, But, you know... I I saw this really interesting um, graphic of the most influential in terms of reach, um, you know, contestants, past contestants, and how many of them did not speak out about this last week's um, terrorist attack on the Capitol and um, how some of them did, but a lot of them who had massive reach, like millions and millions of reach didn't say anything and what that impact does by not saying a word. Um, And again, it goes back to this pressure, this perception, right? And I've seen so many people struggle this year, um, especially so many white influencers struggle this year on, do I say something? Um, I don't want to say something because I don't want to lose followers, all of this stuff. And while I personally have not understood it from a, uh, what is quote, from my perspective, what is right? Because I believe the right thing to do is to listen to the people who are being suppressed and oppressed and, um, speak, uh, around the things that they are saying to do. If they say jump in this space um, and 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 use this verbiage and um, help be an ally, do that. Um, you know, <laughs> um, for me, that has been always at the heart of who I am and my personal integrity. And so it has not been a challenge for me to speak out in this way. I've done it on the podcast. I've done it on my Instagram all year. I've done it with on my own self-study within conversations I've had within with people in my life. Um, it has been hugely important for me to do this work and to share this message. And I've also seen so many people who have not said a word or who have come up even now in the last week after, you know, this, I mean, this has been going on for years and years and years, but it has truly been at the forefront. It is, it's like impossible not to see it anymore this year after everything that happened in the spring. And to see that there are still people who didn't speak out then and are now coming and saying, you know, I can't be silent anymore. Um, I'm so glad and grateful for them. And what I am realizing and what I am seeing this as is at the root, Yes, there is fear attached to that, but where is that fear coming from, right? Fear is always coming from something else. And it's from this desire to be liked, this desire to please, and also, you know, uh, to do what is going to keep you safe. Um, and for so many people on um, online and who are building their businesses in that way, like me, you know, the reality is that having a certain amount of numbers of, of followers and um, and people is going to help your traction and help all of those things. And while I totally understand that piece of the mentality, I will, uh, and I feel empathy for the people pleasing piece of it. uh, It is not in my integrity to operate that way. And my integrity outweighed my people pleasing tendencies in those moments but i will i will admit that i you know had a mo- had moments when i would catch myself about to post and be like okay like this is not going to please everybody and 
that's okay. Right. Um, in fact, I think it's incredibly fucking important. Um, because when you truly stand in your integrity, that's what matters. And that's how you can fall asleep at night and feel truly, truly, truly aligned and whole, frankly. Um, and when we are so rooted in our perception and our people-pleasing tendencies attached to that, we lose our wholeness. So I think those are the two biggest ways that we um, experience that in self. There's so many other ways as well, I'm sure, that some come up came up for you. Let me know in the Patreon um, Facebook uh, breakdown of this episode where we you know, deep dive into this further. What came up for you in this space for yourself? Because I'm genuinely so intrigued um, and curious. And we'll, we'll do some chatting in there. Um, for sure. I might even go live at some point. I probably will because this topic is really near and dear in my heart and share some less, uh, some more, more uncensored um, content um, in that space. So, so make sure to hop on over again at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash live your fuck yes life, or just head to the show notes. So the second way that I see this happening a lot, and, and this again is rooted in self, but it's how we then operate in relation to other people right? So people pleasing is naturally with other people. And I see this show up a lot within deep, uh, intimate relationships. And what I mean by intimate relationships is not necessarily your, you know, spouse or partner or the person that you are sexually interested in or sexually, um, hanging out or the multiple people that are in that space. If you are within the ENM community, what I mean by that is, um, our relationship to intimate friends, family members, uh, you know, however you want to call the people in your life that you have very deep, consistent, um, relationship with. Um, a lot of the time this can look like somebody that you've known for a long time, but a lot of the time, maybe not. Right. Um, but it's somebody you spend a lot of time with and that from your perspective, if you were to quote, lose them, your life would be less, um, and you would really struggle. And I say that because I know that perspective. I say that because that perspective and that feeling and that fear, frankly, has been one that um, has lived in my whole being for so, so, so long. And I believe it's at the root of why I showed up and why I was a people pleaser for so, so, so many years. Um, And also how that then impacted me so negatively as a result. I am learning and I am embodying this now within my relationships and owning and acknowledging and truly at peace with the fact that relationships are, you know, uh, are, are not always going to be forever. There was a time that I held on to every every strong connection that I met, I'm, I made, and I did everything I could to hold them in my life, even when I was being treated so terribly, even when they were making it abundantly clear that they didn't want to be in my life anymore. Even, um, when all of the things that I cared about in terms of how I wanted to be treated and all those things weren't happening, When I love somebody and when I invest in a human being of any capacity, you know, whether they're uh, platonic or intimate or somewhere in between, I have really struggled for a very long time to let go of that, to, uh, to honor the, the very natural and cyclical ending of relationships, um, 
And that gave me so much pain and so much um, sadness for so, so, so long. Uh, a lack of understanding because it just felt so outside of myself. And I now understand and see that so much of that deep, deep, that it's within the, you know, who I am at the core of me, I love so deeply and that's just who I will be. And it's a beautiful thing, right? I don't think that being a people pleaser is not, uh, is not, uh, inherently bad thing, right? I think at the root of it and why so many of us live in this space is because we just love so fucking big. It's because we care so deeply about others. It's because we have an empathic heart. It's because we see others, people's sadness, and we want to be there for them. And yet when you sacrifice yourself in the process of that, you truly can't show up for other people. Right. And so what I see people pleasing is a symptom of not knowing how to love that big with intention. And I say the words with intention very, very, very specifically because at the root of it, what I have learned for myself that has made all the difference. And what I've also seen in my clients is that there's really one big thing that is missing when it comes to how to live an abundant life where you love and where you honor and all, and you deeply step into that space, right? And you do want to show up for people with intention, but you don't get so far as being in the people-pleasing space all the time. And you don't get so far where you lead yourself to the burnout and the exhaustion and the um, constantly feeling at your wits and, you know, feeling. And that is the radical act of setting boundaries. <sighs> setting boundaries. Something that I have really, really struggled with in my life. And I'm guessing that if you have also struggled to set them and not just set them, but actually uh, uphold them and implement them in your life with the, especially in relation to other people, then I'm guessing that you likely have people-pleasing tendencies. So I'm curious, again, let me know in our Patreon page, is this something you relate to? Are you somebody who really, really doesn't even know where to start when maybe it's, it comes to setting boundaries? Because that was me for a long, long time. Or maybe you attempt to set boundaries, but you can do it with yourself, but you struggle with other people. Like there's a whole, whole myriad of ways that this can show up. Um, but again, I see it over and over. And for me, it played out with respect to others so deeply. I could set, you know, boundaries for myself. And I would say like, I'm going to make sure that I, I do this for me. Or when I started on my self-development, I set, you know, boundaries for my work hours. Um, I was really, really good about turning my phone off at six o'clock because I or setting boundaries around date night. Even like I would, you know, would say, okay, I'm going to turn off, you know, my electronics and put it on airplane mode as soon as date night starts so that I don't get distracted by potential work when I was starting my business. And I was so invested in it. So excited about it, spending a lot of hours, you know, building it from the ground up, but I, I didn't want my relationships, um, to suffer as a result of that. So, um, and I noticed that happening earlier on. And so I set that boundary with myself, but when it came to other people and setting boundaries, like I know that when I get really, really tired or, I'm being triggered by something that having a intensely uh, deep conversation around um, 
something with one of my partners um, or friends that is an important conversation where I want to hold space and be present for them and their needs isn't going to be productive and positive, that I am going to be reactive, that I am going to probably get defensive. And as a result, um, that interaction isn't going to go the way that I would like it to go and that I, I know that it could go within the context of the relationship. Um, and, and that I personally feel um, is what that relationship deserves. And I, for a long time, would just step into steamroll into these conversations because I didn't know how to, one, acknowledge that that was even going on for me, but two, then set a boundary around that for myself. And not just set it, but also have communicated that to whoever I was speaking to, right? Because that's the second part of boundary setting is communicating it to the person, right? And I think boundaries get a really intensely intense rap. I want to have some, some deeper conversations, especially with um, other humans on the podcasts around how to set boundaries with intention, because I see it taught very poorly by people who are, you know, are relationship experts or therapists um, or supposedly communication experts. And then they're, they're talking about boundaries and you're like, what you're saying is an, is it, is a rule. Like I once sat in on a, um, on a uh, communication workshop and mm, the facilitator um, brought up, you cannot speak to me that way as a bound, as an example of a boundary. Um, And I started to laugh because I was like, wait, like, and I even asked, I was like, can I ask a question? Because my understanding of boundaries, and again, I'm not an expert on this stuff. I'm just somebody who is super, super passionate about communication with intention and um, and also treating myself with intention. And boundaries has been a huge thing for me, right? But it's like, from my understanding, what a boundary is, is not a rule. And it's not an agreement that you make with another person. But a boundary is simply you expressing to somebody else or to yourself, um, something that you are going to do or not do for you. So something in the context of that, if you are, you know, having a conversation with somebody and their tone of voice is really, really bothering you, or maybe they are yelling at you, right? This, I think that's a, probably a likely example of what, what that facilitator was speaking to, um, And, you know, for some people, for many people, rightfully so, when we are being yelled at, we shut down. I know I do. Um, And there's no sense of having a productive conversation in that space. It's not a place I want to be. So, but when you're saying you can't speak to me that way, that's not a boundary because it's not about yourself, right? A boundary is something you have agency over. So what you could say instead in in that context is something like, I am not going to continue this conversation while you are yelling at me. I am uncomfortable and I am going to go take some space so that I can calm down. I'm when you are in a space where you can communicate with me and are not yelling and you can be calm and present and thoughtful and kind in your interaction with me, please text me and I am happy to continue this conversation. Now, again, that's just an example. And of course, as always, if this is in an abusive context, you know, those those go out the door. (laughs) Um, But that's just an example of a way that you could set a boundary in the moment and clearly express to a person 
what you're needing and why. Um, sometimes it's really hard to do that in the moment. So if you, if it's in a relationship that you have really strong, you know, stuff within, and you're, maybe it's a partner or a parent or a best friend or whatever, then you can express to them after the fact of, you know, a moment or something that's really important to you. Or even I do this with, you know, my partner, my partners, my, my best friends, whatever, throughout the day, if I have a really busy work day, and I know that I'm going to be indisposed from, you know, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I will literally have my phone off because I'm doing uh, podcast recordings or I have auditions or whatever is going on for me that day or creating content. Then I will let them know that morning. I will say, hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm going to be offline from 10 to 5. Just wanted to make sure that you knew that so that if I'm, you know, normally I'm very responsive throughout the day or I'm more responsive than that. And I'm going to, you know, be indisposed. And that way. I am setting a boundary communication. I don't, you know, I I don't feel pressure if they do reach out to respond, they understand what my stuff is. And, you know, I can then honor that for myself too. It's a way to support yourself as much as, as much as it is to help the other people in your life support you too. And frankly, for those relationships to feel supported. Um, And it allows you to not feel like you have to constantly people please. Um, And that for me is a huge fucking win. And it's something that I have been actively and intentionally working on for the last um, couple of years, but I would say specifically in this last year, especially throughout the pandemic, it's been something that I've been very, very aware of um, as my capacities have shifted um, deeply um, over the span of the last almost year. So Again, I'm curious, what are the boundaries that, let me know in the Patreon group. Again, that's at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash live your fuck yes life. Um, And once you're in there um, and become an active Patreon, you can then join the private Facebook group, which is where we are um, having these conversations and deep diving into this more. So yeah, it's a big, it's big stuff. But if this is sparking anything for you, I want to remind you that Nothing in life that you are navigating is static, is fixed. I thought that I was going to have to live this people-pleasing life for so long that I was always going to be living life for other people and that my big heart was just going to be this, you know, for, for me, it felt like it was like this big weight, honestly, that led me to get hurt all the time. And what I realized was that being able to set boundaries and actually standing in my truth and getting to know myself and do the inner work and understanding what I need, it allowed my relationships to flourish in such a beautiful way. Or on the inverse, it allowed me to see the relationships that were no longer flourishing and to be able to compassionately and with acceptance, let that cycle go. Um, and truly now I am, I am in this place where I I feel in my whole being that it is okay when relationships end. Um, and, And that can be from, you know, I think every relationship has a cycle that is it's meant to live in. And that can be a day um, where you, you know, have a, a, a interaction with somebody right now, a lot of those are online, but maybe you meet somebody at a bar, right. And you have that, that exchange and that's all that relationship is meant to be, or, you know, maybe it's a couple of months where they were really bright and beautiful part of your life. And then it naturally comes to a close and maybe it's longer relationships, you know, friendships that have been in your life for a long time that, uh, 
no longer are serving you and serving your highest good or even intimate relationships um, that you thought would be in your life forever. Like there is a natural and I think very important uh, cycle that our relationships go through. And at the heart of it, when you know yourself, when you can truly, truly start to set these boundaries with intention, right? And get to know your heart and your deepest, deepest fuck yes self, that's when the magic starts to click. So yeah, uh, people pleasing can be a lot, y'all. Um, and I'm, I'm in it with you. And I just want you to know that um, you are seen, you are heard, and you are so, 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 so fucking normal if this is something you navigate. Um, and again, it looks so different in all of us because we're unique individuals. So um, I can't wait to see all your discussions in the Patreon page. Hopefully we'll be able to talk more about this too on Instagram for now. Again, you can follow me over at live your fuck yes life. Um, and hopefully we'll get uh, Amanda Catherine Lloyd back online. Um, and yeah, um, we're going to be doing some more discussions about this stuff. Um, and also, um, other than the Patreon page, there's some stuff coming up down the pipe. So gear up and get ready. If you're not on my email list already, make sure you are because that's going to be going out there as well as, of course, first dips will always get in my Patreon page. Um, but we're going to be doing, uh, got some upcoming uh, events and, um, and stuff coming down the pipes that is really going to help us deep dive into this, unlock and do this deep inner work um, so that you can truly, truly embody your fuck yes self because there is nothing more incredible than feeling whole and aligned and, um, and living with, with true intention. It is so fucking possible. And I want that for you um, because I know how hard it is to be on the other side of that and just constantly feeling like you're a floundering. Well, I still feel like I'm a floundering mess, but at least I feel like a confident badass goddess in the process, right? Like, come on, we all just need to feel that amazeball. So I adore you. I will see you in the, in the Facebook community. Um, and, um, and yeah, and next week's episode is going to be a fun and surprising one. So, uh, I can't wait for that. And until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.